Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. So as the holidays approach, it just seems kind of like my sewing time just wanes off a little bit, and I seem to be spending a little more time cleaning and kind of organizing my sewing room before we start having company and visitors for the holidays. It always makes me feel just a little more calm and joyful to enter the holidays and the new year with a clean space. And of course, because it's the end of the year, while I'm putting projects away or kind of getting my fabrics organized, I inevitably will find a pile somewhere in my room, (laughs) or maybe a few piles, that have kind of a year's worth of orphan blocks from all of the projects I made throughout the year. You know, all those little parts and pieces that just kind of hang around after uh, your quilt is finished. So for anyone who may not have heard the term orphan blocks before, they are leftover blocks that never made it into a project. So many quilters like to make test blocks to maybe try their fabric choices or test out the instructions before they dive into making an entire quilt. Or some people like to make a few extra blocks for scrappy quilts in case they need to kind of switch things out for, you know, a color or contrast balance in their quilt. But what do you do with these leftover blocks? We have some great suggestions to share on today's show. So the first suggestion is to use it as a label. So if your orphan block is smaller, you can stitch it into a label to include on the back of the quilt. And this works especially well if the block has a larger, lighter color space to write your label info on. So I've done this many times. I just simply fold over the edges of the block a quarter of an inch and top stitch around the block to finish the sides. And then I just hand sew the label to the back of the quilt. But it's kind of a nice finished touch and makes it look, uh, makes your label look a little extra special. You can also use orphan blocks to make pieced backing. So you can sew them together with other fabrics to make a pieced backing for your quilt. And it just adds a fun surprise to the back of your quilt. I often do this with my backings. I just love to use any leftover fabrics from the front of the quilt um, and any pieced units I have uh, to piece them into the back. And of course, this just saves me money buying new backing fabric, which I love, but it also just adds that kind of special touch to the backing. You can sew orphan blocks into small projects. So you can also use these piece blocks as starting points for decor projects. So I asked our Facebook audience what projects they've sewed orphan blocks into, and they had a lot of answers that I'll share. 
So some of their suggestions are pillows, pin cushions, pot holders, mug rugs, tote bags, placemats, um, and even as patches on clothing. I also just love this idea for making gifts. You know how sometimes you just need like a quick to sew gift or even just have some on hand for special or unexpected events that just pop up? So by sewing your orphan blocks into some easy and small projects, you'll always have a quick gift to give. The next way to use your orphan blocks is to practice your machine quilting. So let's be honest, uh, some orphan blocks just are not the prettiest. Um, maybe you were trying a new color combo that didn't look right, quite right, or maybe you were trying a new technique and things just didn't go as smoothly as expected. So if you think your blocks aren't usable in another project, you can layer it with a leftover piece of batting and some backing fabric and practice your machine quilting. So that way you're not ruining a project you love. And as a bonus, you can try out designs on the block before you start quilting the matching quilt. So it kind of lets you see how your quilting design might look on that quilt pattern. And lastly, you could make a sampler quilt with your orphan blocks. Now this idea might be a little harder because um, your blocks might be all different shapes and sizes and colors, uh, but if you like the look of scrappy quilts and sampler quilts, it would be a fun idea to save all your orphan blocks for the year and make a sampler quilt using them all. So it could be like your year-end tradition, and you'd eventually end up with a series of quilts showcasing blocks you made for each year. And this could be especially meaningful if you donate and gift a lot of quilts because it could help you remember some of these quilts that you no longer own. So now I want to share some fun ideas for how to keep orphan blocks organized and help them be more usable in the future. So first, have a dedicated spot to store them. So maybe it's a plastic bin that you've labeled with orphan blocks um, or an empty drawer that you can dedicate to your collection. But once you have this dedicated place, it's much easier to collect blocks and know where to find them when you have a project in mind. And I find that once you have that space, you'll start saving a lot of different things. So for example, I may not always have an entire pieced block for a project, but I may have, you know, leftover triangle squares, some nine patch units, leftover flying geese. Normally I would just throw these smaller units away because I don't have a great use for them, but you may want to save these as well as your larger blocks if you have this dedicated space to store them. And if you're not testing blocks for color placement, you may want to make all your test blocks from one fabric collection or one specific color palette. Now, if you're making test blocks for testing color, obviously this will not work. But sometimes we're just testing them to uh, maybe perfect a technique or uh, make sure our seam allowance is correct before diving into the project. And if that's the case, making all your blocks from a specific fabric line or color palette will help all your blocks work together in a larger project like table runners or a throw quilt. 
And what I love about this idea is that you could make them all out of holiday fabrics, you know, if you're needing a quilt with a little seasonality, or you could even choose a fabric line that's great for a charity quilt, like Quilts of Valor or Use Baby Fabrics. And then you can sew the blocks together to make a donation quilt when you have enough. So I hope some of these ideas help you use your orphan blocks in new and creative ways. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're chatting with Ashley Montgomery from Quilt to End ALZ. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. I'm now handing the mic over to Elizabeth, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting, for her chat with Ashley Montgomery, the founder and CEO of the nonprofit Quilt to End ALZ. Enjoy their chat. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to share a little bit about my story and, and get to know you in the meantime. Yeah, it'll be great. So I want to spend the majority of our time today learning more about your organization, Quilt to End Alzheimer's, but I always like to start off a little bit more personal. So could you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and how your passion for quilting and advocacy really started? Absolutely. I started quilting when my son was first born. He had some medical complications and the doctors had recommended that I not take him out and about until he had had all of his immunizations at two months. So those first eight weeks of being home with him, I was home 24 seven. And about six weeks into those eight weeks, my mom came over to the house and said, you have to leave the this building like you go find something to do. And my grandmother was not a quilter, but she was a crafter. So over my childhood, I had gone to the fabric store with her many times. And that afternoon, I don't know what drew me there, but I found myself at my local quilt shop and they had a sign that said a beginner class was starting that evening. You did everything by hand, which was great because I didn't own a sewing machine at that time. And so I called my mom and I said, hey, would you mind if I stay until like seven o'clock? And I ended up doing that beginner class every Thursday night for four weeks. And we did a hand sampler. We did four blocks. And then it was done. And by that time, Cannon had his immunizations and football season was starting. So we were out and about in the community. So I pieced this wall hanging together, but I never quilted it. It got put in a box. About 10 years later, I was bored running around town running errands one day, and I found myself in another local quilt shop and took uh, signed up to take another beginner class, and quilting just kept coming back to me. I just kept being called to it. And so when we moved to Tulsa in January of 2015, I signed up for my third beginner quilt class. And since then, I have not set it to the side. I have just continued to quilt 
And I started out making lots of gifts, especially baby gifts for um, our football staff here at my husband's job. And I just fell in love with it, the process and the gift giving. And that led me to Quilting to End ALZ as Alzheimer's has touched our family in a big way. And I saw how the demographic of quilters and those either living with Alzheimer's or caregiving for a loved one who's living with Alzheimer's, that demographic has a tremendous overlap. And I realized that I could start conversations about Alzheimer's disease and dementia, how people live with it, how we can advocate to end it. And I could do that by connecting quilters to that conversation. Mm, that is amazing. I love that story, how all those little parts and pieces of your life kind of all came together to come up with this great organization. They um, really did. I mean, it just happened organically, but, but it did happen in a great way. Yeah. So it wasn't like one aha moment. It was just a series of events, it sounds like. It really was. I was doing a countdown to Christmas block of the day social media thing. And it was, uh, let's see, it was December of 2018. I had registered an event through the Alzheimer's Association called The Longest Day. And I wanted the free t-shirt in November of 2018, even though the event wasn't going to happen until summer of 2019 for the summer solstice. But you had to name it and I didn't know what to name it. So I thought, well, I'm going to do something quilt related. I'm doing this to end ALZ. So I'm going to call it Quilts and ALZ. Then the next month in December of 2018, I was making these blocks each day and I was using a lot of fabric that had been passed down to me from my grandmother who died of Alzheimer's and my mom, who was her primary caregiver. And I was mentioning as I posted these, these daily blocks on social media, I mentioned that that's where the fabrics came from and that I really felt like when I finished this quilt, it needed to be in honor of Grandma Sybil and the fight to end Alzheimer's. I noticed that when I share a quilt block, people, friends and family might, might comment on it. I might get 20 or 30 likes, but when I commented and shared how this can be beneficial to the fight to end Alzheimer's disease, I was getting 200 or 300 likes or comments. And it just really is what opened my eyes to this platform of connecting quilters with the education and the information to fight the, the disease. And so in January, I was visiting with an attorney who is also a quilter and an advocate to end Alzheimer's disease with me. And she said, listen, Ashley, if you're going to do this and, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be a one day event each year, we need to set you up as a nonprofit because quilting is not inexpensive no, and you're going to be putting a lot of your time and your resources into it. And so on January 21st of 2019, which is my grandma Sybil's birthday, the year she would have turned 90 had she lived through Alzheimer's, um, Quilt to End ALZ was officially established and born. And so we're almost three years old and it's been fabulous. Yeah. Oh, wow. It just came full circle. It did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, and, and what is that important thing that you think uh, you talked about the overlap between quilters and caregivers. And, and we know Alzheimer's touches so many lives and so many people are impacted by it. Um, how did those go hand in hand? 
We have amazing, I mean, truly incredible male quilters in our quilting industry, but by and large, quilters are made up of women. And two thirds of those who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and two thirds of primary caregivers are all women. And so there, right there, there's a tremendous overlap because we see a huge demographic where, where we, are, we are worried and concerned with the high risk that women are facing. And so on top of that, when you start looking at caregiving, um, which is just debilitating for people, uh, it is it is the hardest journey, not only to watch someone that you love go through the stages of Alzheimer's and dementia, but then to be the primary caregiver who is, um, for lack of a better word, dealing with that day in and day out. It, it is it's hard. It, it is it's challenging. It's hurt. I mean, it's just painful. I, I just, it's hard to put it into words. Obviously I don't, I don't have, I'm not eloquent enough to, to say it in, in a way that really um, describes what caregivers go through, but um, caregivers are, are givers period. Right. And that's what we see in quilters. Quilters love to create for other people. They want to, um, add joy to the lives of their friends and their family, and even to strangers. I mean, how many people quilt for organizations or for veterans or for hospitals or, you know, all, all of the, all of the ways that we quilt for charity. And I, I just saw that as I shared my Alzheimer's story to quilters that other quilters stepped up and said, yes, I've been there or I am there, or I'm afraid that my family is headed there. And that alone is having that support system and those connections where you feel like you can share your story helps lighten the burden of, of that journey. And, and I have to agree, quilters are some of the most compassionate and biggest givers I have ever met in my life. And um, you know, giving a quilt, making a quilt is a, an act of comfort for the person, the recipient. And also, I think for the person who's making it, making a quilt and being creative and having an outlet offers comfort to yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I say that quilting is my therapy, but I, I mean, I think that creating a quilt for someone is by definition, an act of love. And even if that recipient doesn't know everything that goes into making a, a quilt from scratch as a quilter, we know, we know the intent in choosing a pattern and what goes into choosing the fabrics and what those fabrics represent or the colors or the memories that they invoke. And for me, even if it's a quilt that I make for a stranger, it has a tremendous amount of love and good wishes in that quilt. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So can you share a little bit about the mission behind Quilt to End ALZ and what are some of your dreams and goals for the organization? Yes. Yeah, so our mission is to connect quilters with the fight to end Alzheimer's disease. And we do that in three different ways. The first thing that we do is just simply the connect. We are trying to create a community of people who love quilts and quilting, hate Alzheimer's disease, and a place where they can come together in a safe setting and share their stories and receive encouragement. So that's the first piece of our puzzle is just connecting quilters. And then we want to educate and inform people about the fight to end Alzheimer's disease. I got very involved with 
Alzheimer's Association and went through training to be a public speaker for them. And in doing that, I realized how few people have a true understanding of what the disease is. And that includes me. That includes my mom, who is a primary caregiver. That includes my husband, who not only watched his mother go through the disease and um, watched her be her mother's primary caregiver when he was younger. And so we've been around it, but we didn't understand the science behind it. And so many people think of Alzheimer's disease as a normal part of aging, or, you know, this is just becoming senile, or um, uh, we don't want to talk about it. Say it again, hun. Oh, and just becoming forgetful, like you just yes, about that. right, yeah. right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and that is not the the signs of Alzheimer's. That is not normal aging, and so I want to educate people on what to watch for, what what to do if they have concerns, and most importantly, how to lower their risks. And so that's really the second element is the education piece. And I accomplished that through the nonprofit by speaking to guilds and quilting groups even church groups. And uh, I've spoken to uh, corporations that are doing uh, lunch and learns or things like that. Any, any way that I can get in front of a group of people and share that education, because the more people who understand the disease at a basic level, um, that helps in all of, in all of the work that we do, the advocacy, but even just that collective voice. Once somebody understands more about the disease, they become passionate and they care about us ending the disease. So, so that's really important. And then the third thing that we do is the quilting, right? We, we, we don't, we, we want to connect to the people. We want to educate about Alzheimer's, but we also want to quilt. And we have um, a line of quilts and patterns and, and fabric kits. We do have a retail arm of, of our website, but we're not your traditional quilt shop where you can go and browse 700 fabrics and buy a yard of each. We're very selective. We do a lot with designers. So um, if a designer wants to partner with us, they can donate um, a design. And then uh, we have an in-house graphic designer who will illustrate that. We'll sell it with um, as a PDF or a printed pattern, or we'll even put a fabric kit together to make it. And so we will sell those as revenue streams to support um, where, where we are giving back to the fight to end Alzheimer's. And 80% of all of our proceeds go directly to Alzheimer's education, resources, caregiving, advocacy, um, all of those elements that are helping us to fight the disease. Wow. Sounds like you have a lot going on. And so many wonderful parts and pieces to your organization. Hey, it's Lindsay. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We'll be right back with more from Ashley. So you are, you're the founder and the CEO, but you probably can't do this alone. It sounds like you probably have an amazing team supporting you and the cause. Can you tell us a little bit more about your team and how you met each other, got involved and support each other? It is is everyone on your on your team have they all been touched by Alzheimer's in their life? 
Well, they have, and my team is stuck with me because they are all the women in my immediate family. Um, during, I was telling you that all this kind of came together over December of 2018. So we we were having family Christmas, and I sat my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law and my nieces and my daughter. Uh, there's seven of us all together, and I sat them down in the living room, and I said, I have an idea that I need to talk to you about. And they all just got big eyes and, and, and were willing to listen. And, and so they were completely on board. As I mentioned, my grandmother died of Alzheimer's. And so we've all been affected by, by her journey. My daughter and I um, were very affected also by my mother-in-law's journey. And so everyone was, was eager to step up and help in different ways. Um, I mentioned my, my in-house graphic designer. That is my niece, Clara. She is a professional graphic designer. That's what she does by, by, by day and by night. And so um, she has been instrumental. Um, she designed our website. She designs all of our pattern illustrations. Um, any Anything that you see that is pretty and you're like, wow, look at that. Clara did that, not me. <laughs> so she's pattern, beautiful, beautiful patterns. I've looked at them and uh, yeah, she does a great job. She is very, very talented. And so she has just been instrumental. Uh, my mom is not a quilter. She is a wonderful business mind and she keeps all of our finances put together and she kind of helps me. She lives here in Tulsa with me, not with me in my house, but here in the same town. And so she's really instrumental in being that sounding board. And I can say, okay, I'm thinking I want to do this. Will you come over and help me or what's a better way we could do it? So she is very active. Both of them are, are on a daily basis are doing stuff with me um, for Quilting ALZ. My sister is a quilter, so she does a lot of our testing. She's also um, a copywriter, and so she does uh, our proofreading. She makes sure that that all of our uh, the the literature that we put out is, is well written and done. And then my daughter and my niece, uh, my other niece, they're both in college, so they they love to participate as their schedule allows. And then um, my sister in law, she lives down in Texas. It's a little harder for her to be involved. She's done some quilt projects with us. She's really great. She's in human resources and she's great at helping me with the promotion side of things. So it is definitely a team effort. And um, I, I, I come up with these crazy ideas and then they make them happen. And so I could not do any of this without them. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you have a very talented and very helpful family to uh, help you in this fight. So, oh, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. And, and what a great and wonderful tribute to your mother-in-law and all the other lives that have been touched by Alzheimer's to be able to yes. have this organization and, and uh, help with that. So beautiful yes. tribute in her memory. Thank you. So uh, for all of our lis listeners, what is the best way that they can become involved and help support your organization? Well, the first thing that I would encourage people to do is to connect with us. And that's to follow on social media uh, and 
we are active on social media at specific times. I will be honest, um, consistency is not my superpower. And so when, when we're in the midst of a project, I'm really great about being active. And then when we're doing things behind the scenes, I'm terrible. So that's something that I try to do a better job with. So another way to connect to make sure that you don't kind of lose out on the social media feed um, is to subscribe to our newsletter. And we will not inundate your, your email box. Uh, we, we very much just send things when we have something specific to say, but we do have a couple of really cool programs going on that, that we have scheduled for 2022. The first one is that we're launching our first block of the month program, and uh, we will send out a link to the free pattern at the beginning of every month. And that is a way that we can quilt together and start conversations through captions and hashtags. And when one person posts a photo on social media and says, oh, here's my quilt to end ALZ January block, someone else says, oh, well, what's quilt to end ALZ? And then they say, hey, I learned about this organization. Maybe our my quilt guild would like to hear the program. And then I get to share all that education with that entire group of quilters. So it's very much that that butterfly ripple effect. If we if we connect and then we quilt together, then we create a lot of momentum. The other thing that we have going on that we will share a lot in our newsletter and online is our uh, longest day, our annual event. So the longest day is a campaign through the Alzheimer's Association where people all across the world choose a hobby or an activity that they love to do, and they do it on the summer solstice in honor and recognition and fundraising for fighting Alzheimer's disease. And it's our signature event. I think I said that, but um, this year we're doing a retreat and we've never done that before. So uh, we have a four day retreat planned in Texas. So we don't have the registration open yet. We're planning on uh, opening the registration right after the first of the year, just to let everyone get through the holidays and all that good stuff. But um, we'll have the four-day retreat. And then Saturday will be an, an online option where we will Zoom the workshops and the activities and the education pieces that day. So we do have a lot of fun stuff planned in 2022, and I would love for people to sign up, follow us on, on social media, sign up for the newsletter so they don't miss out on any of those things. Yeah, sounds like some really great fun stuff happening in 2022. And I love that about your organization that you you have all this like great awareness and advocacy, but you also partner with the quilting and the fun side of it and the connections because that's what people also need um, in in their lives. So it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and share more about your organization with our listeners. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I just want to say thank you for sharing your heart with us today and for the important work that you and your team are doing. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to share Quilt to End ALZ with the world. And there's so many people out there that are affected by Alzheimer's that I just don't want anyone to ever feel alone. And, and when people say like, what, what's the one piece that you want people to take away from this? That is it. You are not alone. And right here within your quilting community, you have support and you have encouragement. You have people to turn to. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Hey, it's Lindsay. Thanks so much for this amazing interview, Elizabeth and Ashley. 
I'm sure many people listening have had their lives impacted by Alzheimer's or dementia. I know I personally lost my aunt to it last year, and I'm just so inspired to see how Ashley is creating a place of connection and comfort and action among quilters wanting to put an end to this disease. We'll link to the Quilt to End ALZ website in our show notes so that you can connect with them more and support their mission. Thanks everyone for listening today, and we'll be back next week.